Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well. We're going to talk about my review of the Wendy Williams um, documentary on Lifetime. Where's Wendy Williams? Folks, it was disturbing. Don't worry, the maintenance people are going to come and take care of that chirping in the background at some point. I'm not climbing my ass up on the ladder for anybody. But... Anyway, I've seen many of the comments and uh, what I found interesting was that there were a lot of people that wanted to get even with her in a negative way. And it was really appalling, some of the comments. Now, true enough, she's controversial. She's funny. She's all these things. I'm talking about her television persona. Now, this is not an indictment on Wendy Williams. Let me get that straight. This is not to drag her or anything. What I'm saying, though, is judging from watching this decline, not only from this documentary, but from an excerpt that I played about two years ago when Kevin, her ex-husband, had cheated on her and moved a woman into a house and bought the... Well, basically... uh, got the woman a car he was driving around in his in uh, Wendy's car Ferrari you know it was gut-wrenching then but I could tell that woman was scarred she was hurt rightfully so she had worked so hard for what she got I mean it wasn't like that shit just fell in her lap and you know in this industry in broadcasting I worked in broadcasting television radio for years the thing is you got to be tough as nails. You can't show any kind of weakness or any kind of sensitivity because of the fact that people are going to come at you any kind of way, in every kind of way, in any kind of way they can. And when you're a controversial figure like her with this, I'm not talking about her personally, but the show that she had, where she would delve into people's lives and give the scoop and the skinny on things. These were the people that would love to hear it but they'd be the first to criticize after they heard it. Tell me what's going on. Why are you all in those folks' business? That kind of attitude. One thing that I took away from this was her friends ain't shit. I felt that her family was the best thing for her, especially her son, Kevin. Whenever his name was mentioned, she lit up. And she became defensive. Now, the reason why I can relate to this is because my mother had dementia. And she went through shock treatment. Because she had some 
real bad things going on. I had to teach her how to chew her food again. I had to reintroduce myself to her. I had to take a family photo album and show her all the people that were in the family. She had to go to physical therapy, learn how to walk again. That lasted for several months, maybe two or three months. And then after that, she was remembering shit that I had forgotten. And it helped her immensely. Now, the one thing you got to remember is that going through something like this, this is no laughing matter. Wendy needs help. But the kind of help she's needing from what I saw in that documentary was not the help she's getting. It seemed like the only people, the people in New York only wanted her there as an object. They were worried more about the show than they were her. And that's the real brutal side of this industry. They don't give a damn about you. And they're, they're, you know, well, we'll just get somebody else to take her time slot. Are you sure she can't? It was like she was an NFL player and was injured. You sure we can't patch her up and put her out there on the field? Because it's going to ruin ticket sales. This woman's a mother. She's a sister. She's a daughter. And sometimes we lose focus because we think that because they work in television or radio and they make all this money, that they don't have feelings too. That they don't have a life also. I think the battery of questions that were asked of her were necessary. We didn't need to know this. They didn't even need to make this documentary, to be quite honest with you. I didn't learn anything from it. The only thing that we got out of it was to see how far she's fallen and how much help she needs. I would have rather for them not to have done the documentary and got her some help as opposed to the way they did that. We look at Kanye, Jaguar Wright, all of these other people, and we try to put a label on them. Kanye's a father. Jaguar Wright's a mother. She's a sister. She's a daughter, just like Kanye was a son. You know, folks, here's the thing. As I've always told you on this show, if you have a good, healthy relationship with your mother, that's the only person on the face of the earth that gives a damn about you. Nobody else does. Nobody else ever will. Wife, girlfriend, nobody will care for you like a mother. Whether you're a man or a woman. Wendy's mother was very close to her. Kanye's mother, very close to him. My mother was very close to me. And there's a change that occurs in you upon losing that person. Some of you have lost your mother. And things you used to do, like pick up the phone to try to call her and then you realize she's gone. You're going, you buy a birthday gift and a card and you go over and you remember she's dead because you're so used to that person being in your life I noticed in that documentary 
for that summer that she was with her son and her family. She seemed to be the happiest because those people weren't coming after her for the show, for money, or anything else. She wanted some kind of peace. And it's really pathetic when the only thing a person can ask her is, when are you coming back? Or ask her something about her personal life that's tragic. Instead of asking her, how are you feeling today? As a human being and not an object. But we've become so callous that that's what we do with people on a regular basis. The reason why I tell you folks that your feelings are not your friends is because guess who has feelings towards you? Other people. They don't look at you sometimes as a logical individual. They look at you by the way they feel about you. I've told you many times about some of the things that I had to do in order to get around certain discriminatory practices. The woman that wouldn't give me an application that day when my girlfriend was sitting in the car and she went in and got the whole application package with no problem. Because that woman inside that employment office thought that I didn't deserve an application to work for that company based on her assessment because she felt as though not knew as though this is the reason why we have so many racial problems in our country because we treat people based on how we feel and less about what we know that woman that would not sell Oprah that purse over in Switzerland when she was over to see go to Tina Turner's wedding that woman felt as though Oprah could not afford that purse. But she didn't know Oprah. She didn't know anything about her. So what did she try to do just like with other people? They tried to take away your dignity. <laughs> One of the very things that's supposed to separate us from animals. But even in some cases, animals have more respect for each other than we do as humans. Wendy had a lot of things happen. And I will tell you this much. My hat is off to this woman. Because there's no way in the fuck. If I was married to somebody. And they took my money. And bought a house. Put somebody else in my car. No. It'd have been prison. But I admire the way she handled that. Because... I'm sure she was also thinking about the welfare of her son and his future. Still doesn't minimize the hurt and the pain and the betrayal. In the documentary, she talked about how he came up and told her that the girl was pregnant. And Wendy told him it was time for a divorce. The nerve of somebody coming up telling you something like that. Ladies, when I talk to you about your tolerance is somebody else's acceptance, you better listen to me. Because there's some people out there that think they have it like that. In happier times, what did we hear Wendy talk about? She talked about what she and Kevin did on her show. About what she cooked what she did when she went home, 
the happier times. At least she projected it on the screen. Who knows what was going on at home? And yet, these people are going to have the nerve to talk about how she would sit up in her room and drink alcohol all day. She'd go do her movie and lock herself up in the room. Why did they allow that to happen? Did she feel as though she was so isolated that a bottle became her best friend? These are things we have to look at, folks, because the reason why I say this, this is no isolated incident. There are many people walking around just like her. May not have the resources she has, but problems are not associated with money. Unlike other people, we sometimes think that Oh, those are rich folks' problems. Those are poor folks' problems. No. They're struggling with bills. Yeah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the other problems that money can't fix. Even Stephen Wilco on his, you know, the guy that had the Steve Wilco show that used to be on Springer. He even commented. And I agree with him. It was not a good look for her at all on that show. And this is not to criticize her. I will criticize the producers of the show. She was very vulnerable at that time. And I don't know what the hell that was with the fitness instructor and those guys talking about trying. No. No, and see, that was the problem. She didn't have any professionals around her. What she had around her was a lot of opportunists. I hope she has a good attorney that can get her set up with a revocable trust. It just seemed to me that her family seemed to be the only people in her corner, especially her son. And that's who I think she needs the most. But, young man, if you're listening to this, let me tell you something. Your mom is dealing with the disease. And your mom is fighting it like hell. And she's in a battle, and I know you want to help her. But what you got to remember is not to walk away, not to distance yourself. That's the worst thing you could do. Mothers will find the gumption. They will find it from somewhere the strength to believe in their children. Just be there for her. I know it's going to be tough with dementia. There are going to be some things you have to deal with. But you know what? She's going to still recognize and respect you as her son at times. Now, a lot of people would talk about, oh, well, you know, she did cocaine in the past. She did all these things. Okay. She never did hide any of that. One thing I will give Wendy Williams credit for, she was an open book about herself. There were no lies. She just told the truth the way it was about her. We get it. And there are people out there that want to tear her down just because she told the truth about herself. And those are the very people that would be afraid to even mention one word about themselves because you know damn well there's a whole treasure trove of bullshit behind them. I'll give it to Cat Williams. He said one thing that was true. In 2024, the truth's coming out on a lot of shit. And some of you might have heard, we don't know whether or not it's true or not, but the allegations have been made that there's enough, another situation with uh, Puff Daddy. Who knows where that's going to go? 
but it's an allegation right now. It's not anything that's concrete. But these are the things that we have to look at, people. No matter how wealthy they are, these things still happen to regular, everyday folks like yourselves. My only criticism was that it was inappropriate, and even the questions they would ask her. Don't ask no one those damn questions. Not in the condition this woman is in. She's hurt. Those of you ladies that will sacrifice anything for your family, and primarily your career, this is how you can end up if you're not careful. Men go through shit like this all the time. You know those men that go into work and they're shooting up the place and they kill themselves? See, one thing you have to realize is that a person that needs help will deny they need help. I had to sit my mother down and explain to her one time that I'm going to be with you, but I got to get your help. That was one thing me and her doctors agreed on. And we were able to do that. She came down with dementia in 1984 and died in 2013. I looked at one stat. The average lifespan for dementia is about 12 years. But it also depends, because I think she has aphasia too. Aphasia is when you can't find the right word. Shit, I think I got that every once in a while myself. I hope I don't. Shit, I'll probably go to the doctor and they tell me, you know what? We're just going to make you a test case. <laughs> but in all seriousness, folks, it's no laughing matter what this lady has gone through. I don't find anything funny about this situation at all. I don't find karma. And some of these ignorant-ass people are talking about, oh, it's karma because she was dumping in other people's lives. The very people saying that are the very people that tuned in all the time. You can tell when somebody's poor. And fellas, this is one way to tell with women. If they're always looking for the downfall of someone who's successful because they never got the golden egg, that's a red flag for you. Take it as you will. Because just as they're hoping the downfall of someone else, uh, you guys have a disagreement, don't think that that angst can't be pointed in your direction as well. Oh, for you ladies too, there are men like that as well. We take our health for granted, especially our mental health. We're ashamed when we have afflictions and problems. Because in our society, you're supposed to present yourself as being perfect or being better than others in order to make it seem as though you're above reproach. It's all superficial. The reality of it is we all have our shortcomings and our flaws. And the sad thing is We sit here and we allow ourselves to blow smoke up our own asses like we're so great and wonderful. Godspeed, I wish this woman the best going forward with her health. And I do hope that at some point she finds peace. And when she does, to realize that many of those people around her 
they're useless and they have to go. And to tighten the bond with her son and family. Because from what I saw last night, I saw a whole bunch of opportunists and a lot of people that didn't give a damn about her. You can find that on any street corner. Those of you trying to become famous and all the rest, please understand one thing. That entourage you will have, or that you want to have, those people, they're feasting off of you. They're there for their benefit, not yours. The minute you lose prominent status or anything that will benefit them, they're gone. Even in my heyday, people would hang around me. I had to take a good look at why. And once I got rid of some of those accoutrements, those people vanished. Like I said, your feelings are not your friends. Now, the Wendy Williams thing leads into what I'm going to talk about now. Friends. Ladies. And here's what I have a problem with now. Deriving for the Wendy Williams show. These friends are now coming out giving their take on not only the documentary. Don't you know if I had a friend that had gone through what this person's gone through? Those damn cameras, the media, all that shit. No thank you. Getting my friend back to a place where she's okay would be more important. Far more important than going to do some damn interview. But see, these people still have the limelight in their eye. They still want to be successful in that field. But the sad thing about it is on somebody else's back. The so-called friend's back. Let me tell you about a true friend. I'll give you two examples of what I went through. There was a lady that was at a club in Hollywood there on Sunset. And we chatted earlier in the night. And it was for younger women. At this particular place, the women wore short miniskirts, no underwear. And many of them wore these uh, thigh-high boots. Or knee-high, depending on. And they'd get up on the stage and they'd dance... And of course, the women would be shaved and you could see underneath everything. And they didn't mind flashing the guys, which was cool. Well, her girlfriend got drunk. They came together. And so, I picked her up over my shoulder. We carried her out to the car. Because her girl was the designated driver. She was going to drive her home. She was a little buzzed. But she was okay. I'm walking down Sunset Boulevard. I have this 24-year-old young lady, nice tan. I turn to my left. Her skirt is up to the top of her buttocks. I'm trying to pull it down. 
looking at a bald vagina at the same time, it was very difficult, let me tell you. But that was okay. I got her to the car. Got her in the seatbelt and everything. And a girl was like, well, my friend, designated driver, was like, well, let me get your number so I can call you when she's sober and thank you and everything. And I said, no problem. I gave her my number. I got her number. And I said, uh, you want me to follow you just to make sure you... Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. So they made it home. I think it was either the next day or a day after or so. I, don't, I can't remember. I got a call from this lady. Hey, my friend cooked dinner and she wanted to invite you over. Well, it was a pretty good drive from Anaheim out to San Fernando Valley. But I went on. Oh, it was worth my while, let me tell you. Mm-mm-mm. And we wound up dating for a short period of time. But here's the thing that was interesting. She told me, she said, I would have had to drag my friend out there because there was no fucking way I was going to let her stay in that club by herself. True friend does that. They did not, well, I didn't date this lady. There was another lady. I met her in a nightclub. Walked through the door at 9.30. She was gorgeous. She had her girlfriends with her. One of her girlfriends had a birthday. They didn't have a place to sit. I waved them over to my table because I always had a reserved table. They came over. They sat with me. They thanked me. I couldn't keep my eyes off of this woman. She was blushing. And we danced. And the birthday girl bought her a drink and everything. She said, you know, you guys are good together. And she said, we do. And it was like me and this lady were getting along just like we had been dating each other for a long time. We're damn near finishing each other's sentences. Or to drink food. We had a good time. Well, the designated driver was getting ready to leave. Go ahead and take them home. She had given me a bracelet. Because she had like several bracelets on her arm. She gave me this gold bracelet. Because we had exchanged numbers and everything. And we got along so well. I mean, everybody was complimenting us. And she put the bracelet on me and she says, uh, give me your address. What do you need my address for? She said, because um, I'm going to come over and get my bracelet tomorrow from you. I was like, okay. So I gave her my address. And she cracked me up because she says, and you know, I might need to take an overnight bag to make sure that I can... uh, really find it because I might have to spend some time there to find it. I thought that was rather forward but we had a rapport that night where it was like that shit didn't even phase me. They left about I think 11.45 or so that night. So I'm thinking they're gonna walk into the car, gave her a kiss and she told me she'll see me the next day which was a Saturday. 
I never got a chance to see her that Saturday. I saw her later on that night with a sheet over her face. She got T-boned by a drunk driver. She died instantly. The other two girls were injured. That cut real deep for me. Because I never had feelings for someone so quickly in my life. I mean, we were literally doing everything but fucking pretty much. Because we were just, it was just the chemistry there. I mean, it was just there. It was thick. I didn't learn anything about that woman until after at the funeral. That was a tough time for me. Her friends took care of the funeral arrangements. The birthday girl and another girl, they were injured. But they took care of that. They made sure to get in touch with me, to invite me there. They introduced me to the lady's family. I mean, I never saw someone so loved. Yeah, I'm so proud. Ladies, when you have good friends, Oh, they're going to have your back. And they're not going to be these so-called fair-weather friends that are going to have animosity. They're not going to be sitting there play-hating you because you may be finer than they are. You may be lighter than they are. You may have better hair as they see it. Lighter eyes. You can attract more men. It's not going to be any of that bullshit. There's a friend of mine right now. I met her closest friends. And her closest friends are as dear to me as they are to her. She knows how to pick friends. She's always been good at that. You find some people that have that knack. But see, let me tell you something. Some of you ladies are carrying some dead weight as far as friends. Or they sitting there, they want to fuck your man. Now I'll admit, in my years of dating, I ran across a few. And they gave me a heads up on their girlfriends. You don't want to be with her. You know she's married. Tell me she was married. And my dumb ass, not listening to the friend, going on. And when I asked her, who told you I was married? Your friend. What's she doing? And I was like, oh, shit. Thinking that her friend was trying to make a move on me. Friend was telling the truth. Her friend was single. She wasn't. But this woman had lied to me the whole time. 
But I ain't gonna lie to you. There have been a few times I done fucked the shit out of many women's friends that I dated. Who had deceived and who had lied to me. Lied to me. Do I go out there looking for a woman's friend to sleep with? Nope. But once we break up, all bets are off. I can name four friends right off the bat. Gave me a heads up about the lady I was dating who was their friend. And they hit it on the mark. And each one of them cheating on me or else marry. I try my damnness not to fuck around with a married woman in any capacity. Whether she's separated, whether she's divorced, whether she's, what, what the lady called herself one time, she called herself romantically emancipated. So you still got a wedding ring on your finger, you still got a marriage license that binds you with that man. Yeah, but I'm a romantically emancipated. The fuck does that mean? Is that like a little Mary? But these are the things you have to contend with. Some of you ladies have very good friends. But I'm going to tell you one thing to be aware of. The more friends you have, the harder it's going to be to decipher who's who. Another thing, you ladies with male friends, oh, he's harmless. Let me tell you something. Most men do not like women that have a lot of male friends. You know the obvious reason. Either the guy wants to fuck you, has fucked you, or trying to keep someone else from fucking you. And you said, no, we just friends. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope. Oh, he, he, I don't look at him that way. Yeah, but I can tell the way he's looking at you. Get naked one time in front of him and see that he go for it. Oh, you're just a man. You just think that way. That dude would be smirking when I'd say something like that. Because he knows it's true. I say, you know it's true. I, I, I ain't saying nothing. He knew it's true. He knew it was true. Well, I've been knowing him for so-and-so and so, yeah, but he's been trying to fuck you for so-and-so, but hadn't made his move yet. Because there's some guys that will wear a woman down. They're going to wait until she has no other options but him. But ladies, let me tell you something. A dude that like, that's like that, more than likely he's a loser. start a relationship with him if you want to you'd be surviving R. Kelly and that shit I'm just telling it would be very difficult your friends won't backstab you hopefully 
But the one thing to keep in mind with a friend, money will never be an object. Think about it. We'll talk more in a moment. Christmas. I don't know how many times I gotta tell you this. Like, nothing. You're not even thinking about the smallest things you can get me. I literally just lost my job I'm like this. What's a penny? What's what's a dollar rose? What's a dollar rose? What exactly. You don't you gotta you got change you got change laying around on the floor? You got a piggy bank over there you can drop out and probably pull out thirty dollars. Man, look, I ain't got time right now. You really need that because this is one Christmas day. I'm really getting pissed off. Just you talking to me right now just pissed me off because I just. Oh, good. You're not thinking about nothing. You're not. You're not even considering my pockets right now. Do you know what I bought you for Christmas? I literally just lost my job. You, you know worried what? about Christmas? It, it doesn't even matter what I bought you for Christmas because I'm taking. You ain't got nothing for me. Oh, so it's, it's give and take now, which is. I mean, it's giving. You win some, you lose some. You ain't got me nothing, See? so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. See, look, you on that wall. I'm not having yeah. nothing for you. You're not bringing nothing to me. That's, that's it's, it's all good. It's all good. Facebook, stupid. Facebook, watch. I mean, Instagram, watch. I mean, okay, they watching you be broke and not be able to give me anything for Christmas. They understand. I'm down bad. Okay. I can't wait to tell my homie. Tell her. Tell, tell her. whatever you want. I just can't believe it. Like I just cannot. You act like. A- I mean, I'm, when you just you used to like like your job like yesterday, right? Like two days ago. Three days ago, to be exact. So you ain't got no money in your savings account. You ain't got no money that you done been saving. How do you think? We- I mean, we split that. Yeah, we split it. I gotta do outside of you. You ain't got no kids. You ain't got nothing. Where your, where your money? It's Christmas time. I had to take care of my mama. You think you're the only person I gotta be worried about? I'm coming for your mama. Your mama don't fold your clothes. She don't wash your dishes. She don't cook for you. Hold on. That's why I'm gonna stop you there. Because don't nobody come before my mama. One thing about it. At the end of the day, I do. And I'll tell Mama Rose that. One thing about it. Don't nobody come before my mama. Okay, but I do. I'll come before your mama. What, what make you feel so high and up and all I wash your clothes. I fold them right after I wash them. I cook your food. I bathe your back if I need to. My mama did all that for me when I was growing up. I mean, okay, so what? Is your mama doing us stuff too? I mean, she take care of me. I'm just saying, if you don't go out, you got Really, you what got, you worry about my mama days. for? What you worry about my mama for? I don't care about your mama right now at this point. I care about what we talk about. You have three days. To give me a Christmas present. Three. And if I don't? And if you don't, what I have in there, which really not much, because I already kind of knew that you wouldn't give me nothing. So I didn't go all out for you this year. But what I have in that closet, in three days, if you don't have me nothing, I'm taking you. Matter of fact, I'm not even giving it to your home, Because he look like he... So that's how you feel? I mean, if that's how you feel, that's how I feel, too. See, that's what... Now, fellas, this is a word to the wise. If you're not married to that woman... He's just stating apparently he still lives with mama. Seems like it at least. He shouldn't even be having this conversation. He's dealing with a woman that's based on materialism. She's more concerned about him getting her a gift in three days. She's insensitive about his financial situation. Now, some women that listen to this Facebook Live said, well, they both at fault. I agree. And the way I agree is he shouldn't be with her. But here's the thing. He doesn't realize this. With her mentioning, oh, well, I'll just give what I was going to give to you to your friend. 
That right there went into the conversation for me. I said, good, make sure you do so. She tried to give him a three-day ultimatum for a Christmas gift. Big mistake. Ladies, let me tell you something. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. Now, I'm willing to bet you his mom's having a hard time and he's trying to help her out as well. He's really in no position to date anybody without a job. Especially someone who's insensitive and doesn't give a shit whether he has a job or not. It's all about her. He could find that kind of woman everywhere. Everything she mentioned that she did for him, he said his mama did. Except for one thing, of course, and that's sex. Well, he can get sex from any other woman. This is what I mean when I say that men don't really have a reason to have a wife, girlfriend. Because they theoretically don't have to. It's a luxury. It's a nicety. It's not a necessity. Same thing with some women. They don't have to have a man. I've known plenty of women. Didn't have a man. They wanted it that way. There's a lot of men that wanted them. Including me on a couple of them. But I realized. And I respected the fact that, hey, okay. You want to be a sovereign? Go right ahead. I don't criticize them for that. That's who they are. But see, relationships like these are highly volatile. What he will realize is that if he got into a marriage with this woman, for instance, with the mindset she has, I'm not talking about her personally, I don't know her. But I'm talking about the mindset she exhibited in this Facebook Live. She cares more about the things he provides than who he is. Fellas, this is the kind of woman that will say, I'm not in love with you, but I do love you and what you do for me. This young man has a baby with this woman. He's fucked himself for life. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And he has to look at it this way. Besides, he's telling her that he lost his job. I have a feeling that what has happened, my opinion only, I'm speculating, is that he didn't lose his job. He's telling her that because he's ready to leave her. This is one tactic that men use, ladies. If they find that they're dealing with a person who's a user, as he probably perceives her to be, this is their out. Because he has no further use for her than that. Now, this was put on Facebook Live. She put it on Facebook Live, I'm assuming. Because I'm sure most men won't put no shit like this on Facebook. I'll read why I say this for another thing. You notice she said she couldn't wait until she told her girlfriends. That right there is a second red flag. Because that means that there are other things in that relationship that she's probably already told them. So let's see. Does he have any trust? No. Does he have any integrity with this? No. So what is he actually doing? He's wasting his time. Instead of arguing with her, could be taking another woman out on a date that would appreciate him and he could appreciate her and respect her. Instead of going back and forth in a situation like this. Ladies, what I'm telling you is this kind of mindset a man can find anywhere. Anywhere. Men lie to you a lot, especially when they say they're broke and don't have a job. They do that because that's the way they evade you. That's the way they get away from you. 
<laughs> you have some men, able-bodied, tell you they don't have a job, tell you they lost their wallet, they tell you all this shit. A lot of those guys just don't feel as though they should spend their money on you. But I guarantee you one thing, if a fine-ass woman that they wanted to be with came about, trust me, they'd bust that wallet open for them. It's a ruse when a lot of these men say they have nothing. Because they're being selective about who they spend their money on. That's the way it goes. And what I used to love to see on the dating scene with these women that were very materialistic and they would judge a book by its cover. As I told you before, my friend he had 600 grand put away in the bank, liquid. He didn't have to go and cash out any stocks. He had that in his bank account. And he dressed just like an average guy. I was in a business suit, had all of the accoutrements. And the women would come to me thinking that I was the cash cow. And he'd always tease me. Man, you know how to draw. And I would always tell him, man, you know how to avoid them. But you're doing the right thing. I had maybe one-fifth of what he had in the bank liquid at the time. Those women called him broke. Called him all kind of names. Because they went by the optics. This is when people, like I told you again, your feelings are not your friend. They're fair weather. They're fair weather friend. That's it. So, kudos to this gentleman. And what he did, he went back and took that mama's voice stereotype and used it to his advantage. I'm willing to bet you this man still has a job. I'm willing to bet you he used Mama as his way out. I should probably call him Mama's boy, etc., etc. He expects that. The reason why he didn't think enough of her to even think about set aside money for a gift for her is because he's ready to go. So she gets the luxury of embarrassing him on social media. He gets the luxury of keeping his money and spending it on a woman that he gives it for his value and deserves it. I'm telling you, ladies, guys write this show all the time, picking out credit cards and shit like that for that fine-ass woman that they want to be with, while they tell somebody they're not so interested in, who's more interested in them, that they're broke, or that they don't have any money. Now, there's some guys who genuinely are honest with you, and they tell you the truth, but here's the difference with a guy like that. A guy like that... He's going to make good on everything he says because it's going to be true. He doesn't feel as though he has to bullshit you. Lost his job three days ago. Kind of interesting. You men that are married or that are in relationships, what is the one thing you don't do with a woman when you lose your job? If you love her, you don't tell her, do you? You go out and get another job because you don't want her to worry. He told her he lost his job, which meant he didn't give a damn about it. That's the distinction. Because, see, the last thing a man wants to do is that he loves his woman. He does not want her to worry because he's there to protect her and take care of her. 
she made a promise to her, he's gonna keep it. This right here, mm -mm. But see, here's the thing. A lot of women would like to go and use that false egalitarian approach to things. Well, he was wrong and she was wrong. Everything, they try to balance it out, but some shit doesn't balance. People don't realize that. Life doesn't work that way. As I told you before, fairness is a construct of humans, not of nature, not of life. If everything was fair, everybody would pretty much be pretty well off with income. People would be doing well for themselves, but they're not. More in a moment. Keeping it real. At the end of the day, he ain't got no benefit putting his hands. They won't they understand exactly. about it. Exactly. They don't understand about dude. Like they, they get mad and they want to put their damn hands on a woman. But you know, he won't fight no man, though. And they, they never do. Because that same thing about it, my sister went through the same thing. She did. But damn, her baby daddy jumped on her. I said, no, you ain't gonna do that. At the end of the day, ain't no man gonna touch that So damn what woman. you do about her baby daddy jumping on her? Gave it to him. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, ain't no man for to put their hands on no damn woman, not around me. And if your baby daddy talking like somebody, he about to come over here and do all that. I'm not for the hell of all this. That's, so what, that's why so I came over So would you do the same thing to my baby daddy? You damn right. If he was to come over here, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 tell him. So I'm you a, do the same I'm thing? I'm going to flush it down right there. Ain't, ain't even... Who did? Well, how, how your baby daddy look? Big ball head. Hey, damn, him out the door. He out the door. You got a back door I can go out of? What you going in the bed do for? I want you to do the same thing you did to your sister, baby, daddy, boyfriend, or whoever that was. Man, I ain't gonna do that. What you mean? Do when, the when click, click, click thing you said you did. Now when your back do it for real though. Hey, hey, hold up, hold on, bro. Why you say something? Look, yeah, hey, hell You should not even say anything. I'm, I'm gonna get in the closet. So no, you gotta get no closet. Stay right here, and I handle him. Stay right here. All right, all right. Don't, hey, don't let him, don't let him come in. Hold up, bro. She coming. Now, one thing that we need to work on as individuals, what is our contingency plan if we were to get ill, sick, or hurt? What would it be? Who would you be able to depend on 100%? Who would be your go-to? Do you have a plan for that? I say this in particular because a lot of people don't. There's some people in relationships where they can't trust their partner if they were to get hurt or sick. We've talked about this many times. I went on a date with a lady one time. She told me straight up. She said, if you get sick, I'm dropping your ass off at the hospital. If you get well, let me know. I had a friend of mine. He was in the hospital. I went to see him. His mother went to see him. Family went to see him. Co-workers went to see him. His wife never stepped through that door to see him one time. She sent him some flowers. Hope you get better, hon. When he got discharged out of the hospital, she started an argument with him about the mortgage. 
She wanted to take an equity line of credit out on the house. Fellas, this is what happens when you are a working Joe. You're just a money machine for some women if you're not careful. And some of you guys with low self-esteem will get these women and think that the only way you're going to be able to keep them is to spend a shitload of money. If you have to spend money in order to keep a woman, when I say this, I'm not talking about nice things that you'd like to do for her. But I'm talking about just in general. By her demanding it, you got an ain't shit woman and an ain't shit relationship that's going to leave you as an ain't shit man with no money if you ain't careful. They don't want to be around you broke. See, the problem with most relationships, when you meet a person, usually they're in their best, at least in presentation. Oh, you meet them, they have a great job. You meet them, they have an up-and-coming career. You meet them, they have a new car. You meet them, they have a nice place. Well, hell, everybody performs on their best behavior when things are going good. It's when the chips are down, it's when you have to worry about that thing. That's when you have to concern yourselves. What I used to do with some women, when I knew they were gold diggers, I would try to be as generic as possible. Oh, nice watch, nice suit, they would say. I said, yeah, but you know, I probably got some turbulent financial times coming just to see what they say. Like clockwork. Take their drink and they go somewhere else. The whole thing, guys, is to make sure that you play the broke game. If there's any woman that's trying to make demands on you and she calls you broke, that's the one you don't need. She's got nothing for you. Nothing but a whole bunch of insults. All right, let's get into the mailbag here. Mary lives in Santa Ana, California, asks, where would be a good date for my boyfriend to take me to? Where would be a good date for my boyfriend to take me to? That's what she has written here. Mary, where would be a good date for my boyfriend to take me to? I guess you meant to say, where would that be a good, where would be a good place for my boyfriend to take me to? I'm assuming. I don't know how old you are, Mary, but there are plenty of places. You're in Southern California. You could have a mindless ride through Disneyland. Well, Disneyland's what, $100 a person now? Uh, Knott's Berry Farm during the summer. You have Mammoth, where you can go ski in the Big Bear. Um, it all depends on what you want to do. Where you want to go. Um, you go to Palm Desert, Palm Springs, they have the tram out there. Where you go up the tram on that big mountain. 
you have the beaches, you can take a, you can have a scuba date where you guys can have a scuba class and go on your date together doing that. Um, you can sign up for a volleyball game that we have on the beaches during the summer. There are a lot of things you could do. Have a picnic. It all depends on what stage you are in the dating game. As I've always told you, first date is going to be an introductory date, meaning you're going to meet at a coffee shop, ice cream parlor, pizza parlor, you know the drill. Second date, you could have it more intimate. You could have a picnic together. But it's got to be something where there's no third-party intervention. So like a picnic or something like maybe go out to dinner. That would be okay. Concerts and all that shit, you wait until your relationship's a little bit stronger for that. Because the reason being, you're not going to have time to be with each other. What you're trying to do is the first, first meeting, you're just trying to get to know each other and to see whether or not the two of you have like interests. The real first date is going to be a picnic or something like that. That particular date is where most women will try to see if there's an emotional connection. So they'll go from cerebral to emotional. And they may take their time there. What I mean is, it make them, may take them four or five dates on the emotional side to be into you, where they may ask for a commitment, and they may look going forward in the relationship as something that's going to really materialize. When you get about the fourth date, I would say, you look at concerts, comedy clubs, and those kind of things. A lot of people like to do those like early on in the dating process, like the first or second date. The only problem with that is if you start doing that and she likes third-party ventures, you're never going to have any time together. The time is going to always be spent dealing with some other uh, event that's taking place in the space of you guys communicating. Because see, the first two dates should be the two of you where you're getting to know each other, maybe even the third date. When you get to the fourth or fifth date, by this time, yeah, you're socializing, you're going to concerts, uh, you're going to movies, you're going to different things that's gonna distract you from your partner directly. But you want to make sure you got the foundation first before you start spending your money. That's the reason why you would go about five dates or so. Now, some ladies have written in about when should a woman become intimate with a man, sexually intimate. It all depends. If you're a three-down girl, first date you get to know them cerebrally. Second date, emotional connection, chemistry. Third date, you fuck it. There's some women that abide by that ritual. There are other women that will go on four, five, six, seven, eight dates before intimacy takes place. Now, one thing that I would strongly suggest you don't do, ladies, is to make it every time you're with him, you guys have always got to go somewhere and spend a hell of a lot of money. Once he realizes or feels as though he's being used, He's either going to leave you, ghost you, or else he's just going to try to go for the juggler and fuck you. 
may something may say something inappropriate, or he may act in an inappropriate manner. Because at this point, he doesn't care what happens. Because he feels as though the only thing he wanted was money anyway. So if you only wanted him to spend money, he looks at it from the standpoint, well, I'm going to drop my standards. The only thing I want to do is have sex with you. And they level it like that. Now, another thing too. If you are a chronic complainer, if you're one of these people that complains a lot, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody to date. That person will take you out one time and ghost the shit out of you. The one thing they don't want to hear is a critic. Especially if you suggested the venue. Now, another thing too, ladies, get out of the habit of telling men to select a venue. And the reason why I say this for the first date especially, the reason why I say this in particular, because some of you they want to go somewhere, you go there, and then it's not up to standard, up to par what you want to, what you really would like. And then you start complaining, and he feels like, oh, well, shit, I just wasted my money on a thankless effort. Ladies, always go to a venue before you date the man. You take the man. So, like, if there's a favorite restaurant, please make sure you've been there and not just went by what somebody told you. It would help. What I used to do before I would go on a date, I'd choose a restaurant. Go there, the first thing I'm looking for, cleanliness of the utensils, efficiency of the wait staff, and of course the food, the quality of the food. Those are the three things I'd look for. And last would be the pricing. Within reason. One thing that you ladies uh, write in about too is this, especially African American women. You write in about how disrespected you feel when a guy tells you how much he's going to spend on the date as far as dinner. Ladies, let me tell you something about this in particular. You can pitch in and make the suggestion. Fellas, don't bite your tongue when you tell her how much you have. A good woman is going to say, hey, well, we could work that. We'll, we'll get that to work together. A woman ain't about shit. Oh, well, you can't afford me. You can hear that from any prostitute on the street. As I told you before, don't be ashamed if she has coupons. I'm just telling. I remember one time I went on a date. This woman wanted to take me to this Jamaican restaurant. The food was mediocre. Black neighborhood and very expensive. Walked out of there with a bill of about $245. But what we got, it wasn't worth it. I 
After we got in the car, she said, you know what? I'm sorry you wasted your money. I know I wanted to go there, but I really didn't do anything. We wound up going to Fat Burgers because it was like we hadn't eaten anything. The portions were so small and tasteless. But they had the white tablecloths and everything and they knew how to charge. And unfortunately, a lot of black businesses run into that problem. They price themselves out of the market, even in the hood. People try to support them. And we understand that you got higher insurance costs and everything like that, but some of the prices, mm-mm. Those fat burgers we had were more enjoyable. It was sad to say that night. But here's the thing. If there's some place that might be kind of pricey, if you're not sure you want to be with the guy, go Dutch, ladies. I always recommend women go Dutch with a man on the first date anyway. And not because you're saving them money. You don't know him yet. You don't know how he's going to behave after he's paid for your meal. You want control. Let me tell you what wiser women do to get men, especially wealthy women. I'll meet you at so-and-so restaurant. Now, she's telling him the restaurant that they're going to meet at. So he knows he has to put some money away because he's going to do his due diligence on the restaurant. He gets there. You already know because this is your favorite place. You already know what you're going to order. You already got that down. Even if it's pricey. Offer to go Dutch first. If he insists to pay... What he's telling you is, you know what? You're worth it. Because more than likely, he's looking at you as an investment at that point. But I wouldn't recommend that for a first date. Mm-mm. That fellas? Don't do what I've done in the past. Hell, I remember one night, Friday night, took a lady to this restaurant. Next night, I had another date. Took the lady to took the same. Took a lady to the same restaurant. Damn waitress just blew my shit all up. Now, wait a minute. Last night you went... I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Was that your girl? No, that wasn't my girlfriend. Get the fuck on. What <laughs> is the restaurant that I like? Some of the staff will give you away if they don't know. I wasn't upset with her, but she didn't know. 
But you'll run into that. And of course, you got to keep in mind if they're vegan or whatever. The one thing that I would tell you, ladies, is whatever you order, eat it. Don't waste it. If you ever want a first and last date with a guy, walk around and find out one in their experiment. It'll be a one time only. Make sure you've eaten there before or at least had something before. Now, what's going to really solidify your dating, your relationship, you guys might decide to come foodies. Well, you guys go and try different restaurants together. And after a while, you have a little arsenal of places you go. Now, what's happening recently, many of the younger people in the Gen Z group, they're pulling away from Tinder. They're pulling away from many of the other dating sites like Hinge and so forth. One, it's because of the cost. Because they are reprioritizing their budgets. The next thing, they're using more socialization on social media. Why spend that money when I'm going to meet the same group of people for the most part on social media for free? And this is where a lot of them are going. We'll talk more in a moment. romantic truth appreciate your listenership listeners you're invited to stream and listen to jawson's music on apple music amazon music spotify audio mac or deezer type in jausan in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by romantic truth anchor or any of its affiliates The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours all correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by anchor is owned by james adams and jaws and one music exclusively licensed for this romantic truth podcast under waiver please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants all sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.